Kyle, if you were to change your name, what mm-hmm. do you think you might change it to? Um, oh, you know, I'm, I really, really like, like really old names. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I feel like old names are in right now. I feel like they are too, but I'm thinking like ancient Greek. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Yeah. I'm thinking like Socrates, you yeah, know? Trismegistus. <laughs> yeah, like Trismegistus. <laughs> that would be, uh, that would be like fitting for me, I think. You know yeah. what? No. Agrippa. <laughs> That's what I'd na- change my name to. Sexy Agrippa. Settle. Sexy Agrippa. How about you, Emily? <laughs> Do you have a, a name? I mean, I was thinking I would I would love to change my last name to just Moyers rhymes with lawyers so that people stop pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> the whole thing is a sentence? <laughs> no, it would be Moyers hyphen rhymes with lawyers, all one word. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just put them in parentheses at that point? <laughs> No, no, no. I want it hyphenated. I want it to look like I married someone <laughs> whose last name rhymes with lawyers. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey, look at all our listeners. Welcome <gasps> to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Kyle Imperator. And I'm Emily Moyers. And Emily Moyers rhymes with lawyers. That's right. <laughs> has a word for me today. Yes, I do. Thank you, Agrippa. I did. <laughs> Danke. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kyle, I got a really good word today. Cool. Are you ready? Because it's a it's a doozy. Oh, I thought we were just going to leave it there. Yeah, I'm ready for the doozy. (laughs) All right. Your word today, Kyle, Mm. is bahuvrihi. (gasps) Oh, it's a doozy. (laughs) B-A-H-U-V-R-I-H-I. Bahuvrihi. This is an English word? (laughs) It's an English loan word. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a borrowed word. Bahuvrihi. I think it's bahuvrihi. That's where you should put the pause. Oh, I I wasn't even paying attention to that. Say that again. (laughs) Bahuvrihi would be... Bahuvrihi. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Okay. What are the lifelines that I get again? Is there a 50-50? Phone a friend? (laughs) No, you can ask me for part of speech, for language Mm. of origin, for a one-word clue. Is it... I'm just telling all the new listeners what the format is. Is it a noun? It is a noun. Yes. It is a noun. Those seem to be like the easiest loan words. Sure, because it's a it's a thing, yeah. right? Because the grammar doesn't matter; it's just the name <laughs> of something. Yeah, uh, Bahuvrihi. Hmm. I wanna. I don't want to assume, but I feel like the language of origin is uh, somewhere, perhaps, on the Indian Peninsula. You are correct. Do you want mm-hmm. me to tell you? Yes, I would love to know. The language of origin is Sanskrit. Oh, yeah. Is it an old, old word? It's a pretty old word. Yeah. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Before I ask for my one word clue, 
Yeah. I'm like 98% sure that this word is used in the song that the Who's sing at their Christmas celebration. (laughs) (laughs) Bahoo free. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. (laughs) I hate those Who's. It's probably in there somewhere, but it has meaning in the the real world, too. (laughs) In the real world. Okay, good. Okay, what's the one-word clue, Emily? I need it. Your one-word clue is epithet. Oh, (laughs) oh no does this have something to do with a god no okay pass (laughs) okay well Uh, the episode's over you guys (laughs) nice all right let me take one quick guess all right and then we'll move on yeah yeah, i think a bahu vrihi is a nickname uh honestly it's sort of in that realm. <laughs> I think this is where we play <laughs> no, 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 the no. clip of you singing <laughs> the winning theme from the previous episode. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> so a bahuvrihi is a compound word that describes an attribute of someone or something, usually someone. Okay. So a couple of examples might be redhead or barefoot, or butterfingers. Oh, so a bahuvrihi is a com- compound word. Yes, it, it, it is like the grammatical term for those types of words. What? Yeah. I'm going crazy here. <laughs> so you tell me any compound word that describes an attribute is a bahuvrihi? So there are some specifics here. Let's get into the grammar of it all. Like lint liquor? <laughs> I'm not sure if that would qualify, and I'll bring this up again later. So, a bahuvrihi is typically made up of an adjective and a noun, like redhead, or gotcha. it can be a noun and a noun, like butterfingers. Mm-hmm. What makes it a bahuvrihi, and I'm going to read, I'm going to quote Merriam Webster's dictionary because I think they put it very succinctly. Their meanings follow the formula. One having a B that is A, where A stands for the first constituent of the compound and B for the second. So one having a head that is red or one having feet that are bare. Gotcha. Is a bahuvrihi. Another thing that makes a bahuvrihi a bahuvrihi is that the compound as a whole is describing a thing, but neither of the individual parts describe that thing. So, like, if you call someone a Butterfingers, they are not butter and they are not fingers. The combination Butterfingers conveys a different meaning than either of the individual words. And that's why I'm not sure if lint liquor qualifies. Because they are a liquor. They are a liquor. <laughs> wow. Yes. So, this is what's called an exocentric compound as opposed to an endocentric compound. We're talking about bugs now? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. An exoskeleton compound. (laughs) No, an endocentric compound is a word like textbook or handbag, or I guess maybe lint liquor, um, (laughs) which is where one part of the word serves the same linguistic function as the whole thing. So you could say like, I picked up the textbook or I picked up the book and the meaning is basically the same either way. 
oh, this is great. I had no idea. This is, you're opening a whole new world to me, Emily. Yeah. So that main word, like book in that case, would be called the head of the compound. It's the word that kind of defines its syntactical meaning. Sure. And an exocentric compound is a compound that has no head. No part of the word serves the same function as the whole. Right, because you aren't a, a finger, yeah, a butterfinger. So butter if, yeah. if you said, I met a redhead today versus I met a head today, <laughs> those are not the same. <laughs> it depends on the context, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have met a head today, but it wouldn't be the same as saying I met a redhead today. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot of shrunken redheads. <laughs> Disembodied redheads. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that term exocentric compounds, they're sometimes treated as synonymous with Bahuvrihis, but they're not, at least in a wider sense. In the English language, pretty much all exocentric compounds that we have are Bahuvrihis. The only one that I could find that I might not be is the word stopgap. Um, oh. Stopgap is an exocentric compound because it is neither a stop nor a gap. But I don't think it qualifies as a bahuvrihi because it's not describing the quality of something. Well, I mean, you could argue that the, depending on the context, the gap is what is stopping something. But a stopgap measure is not, it's not a gap. It's, you're it's right. a thing that you're doing. Well, no, in that sense, you're right. That's what stopgap means. A, a gap. Oh, you're right. You're you're stopping a gap. Sure. This but is, I don't. I can't tell. Let's uh, my... talk about Bahuprihis. <laughs> huh? It's really tough. If we can agree that this might not be one. <laughs> Let's talk about those guys. It's true. It's true. So there's Bahuvrihi, it, it can apply to words outside of the English language. Yes. Well, that was what I was going to follow up with. In other languages, particularly in Sanskrit, Sanskrit has a lot more types of compound words than we oh, do. So there okay. are definitely exocentric compounds that are not Bahuvrihis because mm. Sanskrit has a million types of compound words, as it turns out. Wow. That's a pretty even number. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they have exactly one million. You can count them. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into the etymology of Bahuvrihi here. It is, as I said, a Sanskrit word. It means literally much rice. I think that's like Bahu oh. is much and Vrihi is rice. And it was originally used in Sanskrit to refer to fertile land, but it evolved into an epithet for a wealthy person. Thus, Bahuvrihi is itself like wow. the eponymous example of a Bahuvrihi. That's so good. I love that so much. Yeah. So that's why compound words like that are called a bahuvrihi, because bahuvrihi is an example of one. <laughs> like the first, the OG. The OG vrihi. <laughs> I'm clapping, Emily. You can't hear it because I don't want to bust the mic, but I'm so <laughs> proud of you for that. <laughs> yeah. And one of the first people to lay all of this grammar out for an English audience was a man named Sir Monier Monier Williams. No. Yep. Nope. Nope. Yep. I'm walking away. Yep. Emily, this is me walking away. Can you hear me getting farther away from my <laughs> mic? I'm walking away. I'm not doing it. Yeah. You're going to love it even more when I tell you that he was born Monier Williams and he changed it. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. First name Monier, which is already crazy. M-O-N-I-E-R, but not pronounced Monier or anything. <laughs> Or moneyer, like more money. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it is moneyer. And he changed it 
to Monier Monier Williams. He walla wallaed his name. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why. So I feel like you and I should come up with a reason why. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. There's got to be a good reason why. So so let me give you a quick overview on this man just to set the scene. So Uh Monier Williams was born in Bombay, India in 1819 when India was under British rule. It was a part of Queen Victoria's empire. He was educated in England and then basically spent his career teaching South Asian languages in England. I think he spoke Sanskrit or he knew Sanskrit and Hindi and Persian, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was eventually knighted in the Order of the Indian Empire. And that was when he changed his name, when he was knighted. But I don't know why. (laughs) He... Oh, I mean, I gotta be honest. Monier Monier does sound more like a knight, but like of the round table, maybe. But it's, so it's Monier space Monier Williams. He just wanted his first name to be in his surname. Oh, so his last name is Monier Williams? Yes, but oh. he did that. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way that could have been worse is if he put it in quotes like it was his wrestler name. <laughs> Monier, the Monier. <laughs> you think that was why? He was like, well, I'm knighted now. I might yeah. well go into the competitive fighting world. Uh, I know this might be 1850, but, you know, I guess I got a joust now. <laughs> That's what knights do. Also, he was 68 years old. Who changes their name when they're 68 years wow. old? Wow. I mean, maybe an eccentric knight. <laughs> He's like a knight who teaches Sanskrit at Oxford. He's like the Indian Don Quixote. Well, he's he's English. Oh, well, but born in India. Born to an English colonel stationed in India. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. uh, Very, very English man. (laughs) Okay. But in 1846, he wrote a book called An Elementary Grammar of the Sanskrit Language. Oh. And he's got a whole chapter on compound words. In Sanskrit. And it has the best opening line. The opening line of that chapter is compounds abound in Sanskrit to a degree wholly unequaled in any other language. I, wow. I love the phrase compounds abound. (laughs) There was no lie in in your preface for that sentence. (laughs) Truly the best sentence ever written. In fact, I think when I run my presidential campaign someday. You're going to open with compounds abound. Compounds abound. That's going to be your campaign slogan. Yeah, it is. I'm going to rework the whole policy thing to be around compounds abound. And then once you win, are you going to change your name to Kyle the Kyle Imperator? (laughs) Kyle the Kyle Imperator. (laughs) Knight of the United States. As I... (laughs) tear down all of America to build compounds. (laughs) Military compounds. (laughs) Beautiful. So the first section of that chapter on compound words is on compound nouns specifically. Mm -hmm. And he classifies five types of compound nouns. I won't get into all of them because it's it's very in the weeds. It, sure. Like, as long as it took me to explain to you what a Bahuvri is, I would have had to do that twice as long for all the rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but one of the nouns that he classifies is a Bahuvrihi. Quote, those formed of any number of words associated to form an epithet to a noun. I don't like that he used the word form twice in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. It makes it really confusing. <laughs> Particularly given that he's a linguist. So, are you telling me... 
well, you did say that there's a a million. I mean, it, <laughs> so there's just enough words in Sanskrit that are Bahuvrihis that they get their own designation? Yes. Wow. Well, I guess because they just have like, like the different types of compound words have different, like they're made up of different parts of speech and like there's different ways that they're used. So, gotcha. In different contexts and different connotations. Yeah. And Monty Williams does... I mean, credit to him, he gets into a lot of detail about these. The grain of salt is that I looked at a like a modern description of compound words in Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. And like there is a discrepancy between what is recognized today and what was recognized uh, by an 18th century British uh, man. <laughs> this is where the monier comes into play. <laughs> I mean, there was there's a lot of overlap. He a lot of what he said is still recognized as accurate, but not all of it. <laughs> But he does, he gets into a lot of detail. He also talks about how Bahuvrihis are always relative, meaning like they are used in relation to a thing. They are used to describe something else. And he talks about how sometimes the word might be modified to make it work better as a descriptor than a noun. How so? So the example he uses is there's a Sanskrit word for moon-shaped, which I believe is pronounced Kondrakriti. Kondrakriti? And that evolved from a different compound word for moon shape, like the shape of the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how, you know, the word moon shape kind of stands on its own, but when modified to moon shaped, it becomes relative. It, it describes something else. Sure, And sure. so a lot of Bahuvrihis have been like slightly altered from what he calls absolute compounds, things that stand on their own. That's really, Wow. So he gets into a lot of details like that. It is a very like exhaustive description about a language that was not super well known in England at the time. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's doing, you know, some really great work there. Yeah. Does English have that facet? So Bahavrihis in English, and I think in Sanskrit too, can be nouns or adjectives, can function as nouns or adjectives. Okay. So like a word like redhead is a noun, you call someone a redhead, but a word like flat-footed would also be considered a bahuvrihi sure. as an adjective. And so it's flat-footed with an ed because that makes it sound more like an adjective than just a flat foot. Right. When a flat foot is a completely different thing too. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's complicated, but fun. <laughs> it is fun. I mean, I just love that there's a word for this because it makes me want to notice these kinds of words in the yeah. future, you know? Yeah. Here's the other fun thing, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, would it surprise you to hear that English actually has a bunch of words derived from Sanskrit? Uh, I mean, not totally surprised. <laughs> There's All a right. lot of words in English. It's true. It's true. Can you think of any that might have derived from Sanskrit? Uh, uh, algebra. That might be Arabic. I'll help you out by telling you that Sanskrit is the sacred language of Hinduism, as well as the language that a lot of early Buddhist texts are written in. Sure. So, Nirvana. Yep, you got it. <laughs> that is directly borrowed from Sanskrit. Lots of other similar words, like words out of Hinduism and Buddhism and other religions of that region. Am I still guessing? Or are yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a go. list forthcoming? Oh gosh, <laughs> there is. Um, a, I'm curious if you can name any more. Uh, okay, I got Nirvana. <laughs> I got uh, Coldplay. I got <laughs> Coldplay. Is that a Bahuvri? <laughs> 
like like central tenant of Buddhism. Like the thing that people who don't know anything about Buddhism know. Oh, God. Uh, What goes around comes back around, Kyle. Oh, what goes around comes around. That's boy, uh, crazy. I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> what am I missing here, Emily? Karma, buddy. Karma. Karma, karma, <laughs> karma, 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 chameleon. Yeah, I should have just said chameleon. You probably would have gotten it. <laughs> I would have gotten it. Boy, George, that's a Bahu free. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand this term, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so a lot of words that are Hindu and Buddhist concepts are, are borrowed directly from Sanskrit words like nirvana and karma and dharma and avatar. Um, oh, yeah. avatar, weigh the water in theaters now. I don't think that's true. <laughs> dharma and Greg in theaters now. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true either, buddy. I got Somewhere. another one for you that is borrowed directly from Sanskrit, bandana. Oh, yeah, which is unexpected. <laughs> Definitely unexpected, and I'm really trying to find what the connection is here. Yeah, no, it's just directly borrowed from the Sanskrit bandana. It's just with an H after the D, but otherwise the same, which translates to a bond, uh, I guess because it binds your hair to your head. Oh, it, what? <laughs> or just like it holds your hair together. Emily doesn't know how hair works. <laughs> Well, like the rest. If of I your didn't hair. wear my bandana, all my hair would fall out. <laughs> well, it would fly around, like it binds Just the rest f- of your hair to your head. Fly into the atmosphere. <laughs> okay, you couldn't get karma, so <laughs> karma, 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 karmelian. Um, wow, yeah. I mean, these are definitely words that I think the Sanskrit heritage was hidden yes well and there's ones where it's hidden even deeper because Mm. so the words i just named are ones that are borrowed directly from sanskrit but there are other words that came to english through other languages but ultimately from sanskrit and there's a lot of these just a couple that i pulled out that i think are fun do you know the word juggernaut kyle i do know the word juggernaut it's an x-man sure but it also just means like a literal or figurative unstoppable force. Right. The English borrowed it from a language called Odia, which is one of the languages from the Indian subcontinent, from the word Jagannatha, which was, uh, it's the name of a Hindu deity, but that comes from the Sanskrit word Jagatnathas, which means Lord of the world. Oh, the unstoppable force, Lord of the world. So that's where we, that one is crazy to me because I feel like juggernaut sounds I don't know where it sounds like it's from, but definitely not well, India. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's definitely anglicized, like not, N-A-U-T, yeah, sounds, sounds like, like astronaut. astronaut. Yeah, yeah, for like sure. Like a juggernaut is, I don't know, someone who <laughs> travels into... The Juggerverse. Yeah. <laughs> the Juggerverse. In theaters Juggernaut now. <laughs> into the Juggerverse. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, here's another one. Yes. Loot. L-O-O-T. Like booty? Yes, literally, yes. Loot? It is from the Hindi word loot, L-U-T, which means booty or a stolen object. Oh, so funny. And that comes from the Sanskrit word luntati, which means he steals. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. And here's the most incredible of all. My favorite is the word punch, not the verb 
but the noun punch. Like the drink punch? Yes, like a fruity beverage. That You comes, tell me that doesn't come from, I mean, I guess I never assumed generally that it came from the act of punching, but no. I assumed like it was like, ah, oh, this drink has quite a punch. Like yeah. it hit me in the face. I would have thought so too. And also I would have thought that word was invented in like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see I I just think of Hawaiian punch and I think wow, someone in the 50s was trying to <laughs> capitalize on a new state. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but no, it comes from the Hindi word punch, which means five because the original there was a specific drink that contained five ingredients, alcohol, sugar, lemon, water, and tea or spices. And that comes from the Sanskrit word pancha, which also means five. I mean, give me some of that punch. That Isn't sounds that crazy? delicious. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So those are all words that come from Sanskrit that we use every day. Those are, yeah, those all are the really good. Use juggernaut. <laughs> I mean, I'm always talking about, wow, the only thing that could stop this juggernaut is my <laughs> special bandana punch. <laughs> Which I, I looted. looted. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're just so in sync, buddy. <laughs> we are. No, but truly, I mean, those are, uh, you know, I mean, words that we're familiar with, at least. Yeah. That I I was completely unaware of their origin. So, you know, thank that's, you. that's the goal of this podcast, ladies and germs. What? Is to bring to light oh, God. things that you might not have expected. On, on the mic, we're going to reveal this to me, Emily. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, Kyle, why don't you bring it around to a word that people have never heard until today? Bahuvrihi, and see if you can use it in a sentence. Bahurivi. Nope. In a word. Bahuvrihi. <laughs> I'm spoonerizing again. <laughs> Bahuvrihi. Oh, it's hard because it's a grammar it's word. It's true. You could also. No, I want you to use it in a Just sentence. Just talk about a field of rice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could put an example of a Bahuvrihi in the sentence. Uh, okay. And just say, this is a Bahuri. <laughs> that could be your sentence. I, I mean, I feel like that's just cheating, you know? <laughs> okay. More often than not, I am called a <laughs> a flattering Bahuvrihi, like dimwit. Oh, by me and Seth, you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> often to my face. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, uh, Kyle. I was going to call you Seth. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it down, Pat. I, I, do I have it down, Pat? See, one Buchanan. of those epithets is coming, Kyle, if you keep this up. <laughs> okay. Anyway, hey, Emily, let's close out this Bahu episode Rihi. before Kyle loses his mind yeah. and play a game. <laughs> Kyle, this is a game called All the Bahurihis of the Rainbow. <gasps> what? Well, get ready, because this game is going to be so quick and so sporkle. You're going to love it. Oh, I love it. Love I it, love guarantee it. it. Or oh, your money back. <laughs> money back guaranteed. Kyle, I'm going to read you some definitions of words, and mm -hmm. all of the words in question are bahuvrihis that contain a color. But I will give you a hint. There are no repeat colors. Okay, so you're going to like do a blank word, and I have to fill in the blank, and it's a color. I'm just going to read you a definition. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. you got to tell me what the word is, but the word contains a color and it's a bahuvrihi. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Ready? Yes. Of or relating to wage earning workers. Blue collar. Ding, ding, ding. A man of advancing years. This one's a little harder. Oh, God. 
gray face. <laughs> what might be on your face that denotes advancing years? Wrinkles. That could be gray. Dust. <laughs> no. Um, Dumbledore is an example uh, of this. Frown. Gray whiskers. No. <laughs> simpler. <laughs> oh, simpler. Gray beard. You got it. Yeah, gray beard? Yeah, that's a term for just like an old man. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. A person who is without courage, fortitude, or nerve. Yellow belly. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> In a similar vein, and I just want to establish that I am quoting the dictionary.com definition here. I did not write this. An uneducated Uh-oh. white farm laborer, especially from the South. Oh, a redneck. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. Mm. A British soldier, circa 1776. This one's a lobster a back. Tricky. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. Wait, that's not a color. <laughs> it's being used as a color in that context. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll take it. But now, you now if I win this, you have to take me to Red Lobster. <laughs> that's the deal. <laughs> Karma's a bitch, baby. <laughs> oh, now he knows karma. <laughs> All right, last one, Kyle. An untrained or inexperienced person. Aww. I don't know if you'll know this one, but it's a good word. A lily liver. <laughs> oh, a green thumb? Close. You got the right a color. Green, green. It's yeah. tricky. It's a niche term. I can just tell you it if you want. No, I want to go to Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this um, is how I can save myself. Kyle, if you don't get this one, we can't go to Red Lobster. <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> um... A green uh, booby. (laughs) I don't know. What is it? It's a green horn. A green horn. Yeah, it's a lesser used term, but it is is a word. And it's a good one. It is a good one. I I guess I've just proven myself to be the green horn (laughs) in this Bahuvrivi. No. Bahu free conversation. Yes, but we learned, and that's what this podcast is all about, which apparently you're learning for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but that's a part of this podcast, man. (laughs) Speaking of this podcast, one, Emily, Bahu Vrihi, incredible word. Love the grammatical connection. Thank you. I'm going to find Bahu Vrihi's in my everyday language and look more into Sanskrit words that I may not have yeah, no, there's a bunch more than time. what I said. So go look into it, everybody. And while you're looking into that, why don't you remember that you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. And if you liked today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard it. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout-out, either on social media or right here on the podcast. Thank so much to all of you you help us make what we make and with that i've been emily moyers rhymes with lawyers <laughs> and i've been agrippa imperator <laughs> and this has been butter no parsnips oh. Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.